0: I can see You'll it. You'll see it. Here we go. Okay. Uh, welcome to a Thursday evening uh, edition of Dating Kinky Presents. It's the first Thursday of the month, also the first Thursday of the year. So that means uh, we are back with uh, Vir Koto for uh, Keeping Secrets, all about uh, maintaining your kink identity and privacy and the like. And he has another uh, fabulous uh, topic to dive into. So, uh, Veer, take it away.
1: All right. Thanks, Ryan. So welcome to Keeping Secrets. I am Veer Koto. Keeping Secrets is a web series produced by Dating Kinky about the intersection of kink and privacy. In this series, we'll be talking about the hidden dangers, hidden allies, and practical steps that you can take to protect yourself and your community. We'll give the information and tools to make informed decisions that are right for you. These webinars are recorded live and then released as a podcast. So if you're interested in participating and you're comfortable sharing, you can join us for questions like all the wonderful people that are with us right now we're doing. I am your host, Virkoto. I'm a geek, a kinkster, and a privacy advocate. You can check out my website at VeerKoto.com. You can email me directly at Veer at Virkoto.com. Or if you're on FetLife, I am uh, Virkoto, all one word. And uh, I just want to say the opinions expressed in the series are my own. Your mileage may vary. Consult your doctor if after taking my advice, you have an erection that lasts more than four hours. So with that, the first question is, or should always be, why? Why are we worried? And if you've caught my earlier webinars or my kink identity series, you know that we've covered a lot of ground on this topic of why and about ways that the information about you leaks and the ways that that could potentially harm you. Most people do have a vague notion that they should be using a VPN to quote, improve their security, but they're not really sure what that means or what a VPN does. Uh, In, In this uh, webinar, we're not going to go into a lot of depth about why you personally might want to use a VPN, um, but I will say that VPNs, uh, sorry, that ISPs, especially mobile providers, are known to be monitoring the activities of their users, selling that information to advertisers, and also law enforcement. So even if you're not doing anything illegal, but, you know you don't like the idea of someone monitoring you, you know, and everything you do online because you think it's creepy, then you should be thinking about the, the issues that we're going to discuss uh, tonight. And this is a pretty big issue, uh, especially at work or places that have restrictions on what you can do or see online. Um, and again, I'm I'm not going to tell you to surf kink, site, uh, kink sites at work, of course, unless you're Ryan, uh, in which case that is your work. Um, but many workplaces have filters that restrict what you can do and see, um, which means that not only are they spying on you, but they're also restricting you. So those are some good reasons to consider a VPN. But lastly and more most importantly, I think that it gets lost that privacy is a right. Uh, for Americans, government privacy is spelled out in the u s. Constitution under the Fourth Amendment. For Canadians, uh, you have similar rights that are spelled out in section eight of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and in the Canadian Privacy Act. And Europeans have explicit rights to both privacy and data protection in the EU Charter of Fundamental Rights. I personally think that these rights should exist, whether we're talking about governmental or uh, private spying, and that everyone should be protecting their rights to privacy, both for themselves and for the protections of others, which is a topic that we've covered previously, which is that when you protect your own privacy, you protect others as well. So let's dive a little bit into how all of this stuff works. So the internet is not a big truck. Before we go into browsers and VPNs, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about how the internet itself works. In 2006, US Senator Ted Cruz uh, uh, explained the internet in a quote, he said, "Uh, the internet is not something you can Just is not something you can just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's a series of tubes. And if you don't understand those tubes can be filled, and if they're filled, when you put a message in, it gets in line and it's going to be delayed by anyone that puts into that tube enormous amounts of material, enormous amounts of material. Well, sorry, Mr. Cruz, but the internet isn't a series of tubes either. It's more like a post office. I'm gonna give a somewhat simplified explanation of how the internet works. For anyone who already knows this stuff, I am purposefully simplifying quite a bit here. So when you send a letter, it goes from your home to your local post office, which then forwards it to a regional office, sends it along a route either by truck or by mail, uh, by plane to, a, to another regional office, then to a local distributor, and then eventually to its final destination. Internet traffic works just the same way. A unit of internet traffic is called a packet and a packet works just like a letter. It's sent from your computer to your router, to your ISP, and then it goes along a series of high-speed internet routes until it reaches the destination's ISP, and finally to the computer on the other end. And does all of that within just a few Thousandths of a second. So when you send a letter, how does the post office know what the, how it's going to route your letter? How does it know to get it from here to there? Well, it uses postal codes. Uh, something that you may not know about postal codes, especially if you live in the United States, is that they don't refer to geographic location. They're actually routing codes for letters and packages. And the Internet works exactly the same way. Every computer on the internet has what's called an IP address, which is exactly equivalent to a postal code. And every packet of information contains what's called a header. And the header is just like an envelope in that it has all the information about where the packet came from and where the packet's going. And for those people who can see the slides, what you're seeing is a description of an internet packet header. And do not worry, I'm not going to go into this diagram in any more detail than I already have. And I wanna talk about a little bit about encryption because that's an important topic. Uh, if you may have heard that term encryption, but maybe aren't 100% sure what it means. So what exactly is the difference between encrypted traffic and non-encrypted traffic? Well, by default, when information is sent over uh, it's sent unencrypted over the internet. You can think about it like a letter that's been sent in a clear plastic envelope and anyone along the path can read it. That means that any one who takes part in any path that your packet takes. So your ISP, the destination ISP or someone in the middle can read the entire contents of your packet, which is essentially like reading the entire contents of your your uh, mail yeah uh, or like a postcard but I think an, uh, a clear plastic envelope really encapsulates that idea um, better because we kind of assume that when we when we send a, a letter that it's no one else is, uh, no one else is going to read it so encrypted traffic is like that same letter but instead of a of a clear plastic envelope it's put in a manila or a safety envelope The information on the outside of that envelope, like the source and destination are still visible, but the contents can only be read by the sender and the recipient. And there's one last piece of the puzzle that I wanna discuss before we get into VPNs, and that's DNS. So earlier we said that every computer has an IP address, but typing those IP addresses into the computer every time we wanted to look up something would be really annoying. So DNS is a system that lets us name, lets us use names like DuckDuckGo.com or DatingKinky.com and it maps those names to IP addresses. So when you you type in a name into an internet application, your computer asks a DNS server for the IP of that service. And when you ask for that service, the DNS server that you've requested knows that you're looking it up. It's kind of like if you call the operator, for those people who remember actually calling an operator and asking for the phone number of someone, uh, the operator has got a pretty good idea that you're going to talk to that person even if they don't listen in on the call itself. And usually those DNS servers are run by your ISP or if you're on a mobile network run by the mobile network or if you're in a coffee shop, maybe they're either run by the coffee shop or run by the coffee shop's ISP. Um, sometimes there are, there's a move, there's been a move recently to use independent DNS servers, um, which sounds really good, but isn't necessarily. So for example, one of the most popular independent DNS, um, services is run by Google. And here we are trying to improve our, uh, privacy and Google is an anathema to that. So we don't necessarily want Google to know who we're looking up any more than we do our ISP. So finally, we can get to what exactly a VPN does. And a VPN is sort of like a private post office. What they do is that they take your internet traffic, the, the internet packets that you send to them, and then they put their own envelope around it. They make it seem like your internet traffic is coming from them and not your original IP address. And when a packet comes in for you, they wrap it back up and they send it across the internet for you. Uh, you can imagine them kind of like a shipping company, right? So they send things uh, on your behalf. And then when they receive things, they send it back to you. And that's why VPN internet traffic is slower, because it takes time for the packets to get to that VPN. And then the VPN has to repack them and then send them back to you. And then they have to get the replies back and send them back and so on and so on. So that's why if uh, you know, you're know, you using a VPN application, especially you know, real-time applications like voice and video, it doesn't tend to work so great because of that extra time, that extra uh, what we call extra hops or extra routing that has to take place. So, That's great, but it's important to know that a VPN will repackage your internet traffic, but they won't change what's inside the envelope, which means that VPNs alone aren't enough to protect your privacy online, and we'll explore why that is. Um, But first, I want to talk about why you probably should be looking at a VPN and what what are they good for? Uh, They're good for quite a lot. So first thing they do is they obscure your traffic from your ISP, which I think is a good thing on its own. Um, there are really good reasons not to trust your internet service provider with intimate details about yourself. In the United States and I believe in Canada and parts of Europe, um, information about uh, customers and the things they look up are actually being sold to advertisers and also being sold to to the government. So, um, it's a good way of bypassing some of that. Um, it also helps obscure which connection to a website is from you. Um, and I'll explain that if you log in, you negate this, but let's start with, Hey, if, you know, if there's an IP address, if there's a postal code, that's just you, there's a pretty good notion that that information that that user is you. But if you're, uh, connection to that website is the same postal code as you know a million other people, or even a thousand other people, then it obscures that a little bit. Um, and again, we'll, we'll talk about why logging in kind of negates that, but um, we can also talk about, I think a, a really good reason to use uh, VPN is that it helps you cross uh, geographic uh, boundaries and borders. So for example, If you want to watch a video streaming service that's only in another country, or maybe if you're in a country where some content is locked um, and you want to still look at it, you can use a VPN to bypass that content-based firewall. And uh, a VPN is great for that. So I see VPNs as really good things, but they're not a silver bullet on their own. And we're going to talk about, some of the ways that they're not so good and some things that you can do to use in conjunction with a VPN, uh, to improve your, your privacy and security. So what are VPNs not good for? Well, a VPN will not give you privacy or anonymity on its own. So if you're on a VPN and you log into a service like Facebook, a VPN really doesn't make a difference when it comes to how much information about you they track. They can still track just as much information about you as they could before about your clicks, about your movement, about your interests and all of those things. They can still track all of that even if you're using a VPN. And so uh, it, the same thing goes with a lot of apps. And we talked about apps um, in our, our mobile phone epi- uh, episode last time and how just how much information about you they collect. VPN is not going to protect you from that. Uh, VPN is not going to stop that kind of data collection. It will just make it appear that you're somewhere else, uh, that your IP address is somewhere else, but it won't even protect you from, for example, if that app is collecting your physical location, a VPN isn't gonna help with that. Um, so, a VP, uh, and it also doesn't provide any kind of anonymity. And this is an important concept. So if you log into a website and the website knows that it's uh, it's you who's logged in Well, now you're not anonymous. It it provides no assistance in that way. And as we've talked about before, and I'm sure we'll talk about again, there are lots of um, technologies on the internet and the web and on the internet generally that are uh, essentially surveillance capitalism, which is just another way of saying spying on you for money. And these are businesses that make their living from gathering information about you and sharing it with advertisers and law enforcement and others. And a VPN alone isn't going to protect you from, from those kind of intrusions. It's a useful tool, but it's not going to do it on its own. So now let's talk about browsers. When, when you go to a website using a web browser, it's, the web browser and the web server that knows what kind of computer you have, what websites you've logged into because of spying and tracking and where you've been, that kind of information isn't changed at all when you use a VPN. And again, I'm going to kind of hammer this point home. If you log into Facebook and then turn on your VPN or turn your VPN and then log into Facebook, you're still logged into Facebook. If you log into Google, you're still logged into Google. Um, all of those trackers and everything else are still in effect, even if you use a VPN. So um, how is it that we, when we I've, I use this word tracking, right? So what, what, what do I mean by tracking? Um, we've talked a little, little bit in the past about what apps do to track you. Uh, and that'll be, I think if we revisit that topic, that'll have to be a, its own webinar. And I'm gonna just talk in the most broad terms right now about what kind of tracking people can do just from the web browser um, they can use cookies um, and cookies are just a way of identifying whether you've logged into a website or been to a website. They can use super cookies which are um, essentially re- non-removable cookies usually that are put that are put there by your ISP um, often by mobile providers um, or by the web uh, the web browser itself if it's uh, commercial. One, uh, they can use something called browser fingerprinting. And I've, I've got a little diagram here for those that can see it. This is the kind of information that a, um, a website sees about you, even without cookies. This is just using uh, browser fingerprinting. So they can see what kind of web browser you're using. They can see what kind of computer you have, what your language is. They can see your, com- your screen size and color depth. And you might say, well, what does that mean? That can tell you, for example, if you're using a tablet or a cell phone or a regular computer, they know what time zone you're in. Um, you know, they can, they can know what plugins you have installed. And this information, which seems relatively obscure when combined, can actually give a ton, a ton of information. It's, it's very unique. It's why it's called fingerprinting, because it's, it actually ends up being very unique and very telling about the the user. So they can use this technology. Um, they can use, uh, they can do something called, uh, DNS, um, DNS redirection, um, where, well, so they can, they, A, they can look up your DNS and they can know what websites you're going to. Um, and they can also use, use DNS to modify your traffic and to, um, change where you go to. Um, and it's, it's a way of, of tracking you. And then, Uh, A lot of websites and web servers use uh, telemetry data. Um, And telemetry is just a fancy word for uh, monitoring the websites that you visit and the things that you do online. So uh, let's talk about some uh, browser-based VPNs, which uh, are kind of tangential, but I think related here. So, uh, So we've talked about well, I want to kind of go back actually before we do that. So these technologies, the you know, these cookies and super cookies and all this stuff, that's not going to be affected by a VPN. A VPN isn't going to stop you, isn't going to stop that. A, um, oh, sorry. Uh, a, um, you know, you're going to have to put something else in place. And we'll talk about some things that you can do um, a little bit later uh, in the in the webinar. So I wanna talk a little bit, just one slide here uh, on browser-based VPNs, um, which are often kind of a little add-on that VPN companies will sell you. Um, so they say, hey, you don't have to do anything complicated and install this super complicated software. Just use this browser plugin. Um, browser-based VPN plugins are super convenient and they do tend to work for geographic restrictions, although not always. They're not as secure as real VPNs. Um, and, uh, let's see. Well, yeah, they're, they're actually called proxies, right? The challenge in talking about proxies is that every proxy works a little bit differently. Some will work better than others. Some will redirect your DNS. Some won't. Um, they are really easy to use. And if all you care about is watching a video stream, if you're in, from another country, they're really great. I would consider uh, browser based VPNs, Uh, proxies to be something you'd want to put in your VPN toolbox, but I'm going to say they're not as good. They're not as complete as a full VPN. Um, Something that I do want to talk about, and I'm going to talk about a little bit more later too, is Tor. So Tor is like a VPN that's been turned up to 11. When a packet, when an internet packet uh, that we, we talked about earlier, like an envelope goes through Tor, it is bounced from Tor computer to Tor computer. They're called nodes in Tor. So they're bounced from node to node. And the way this works is that the, uh, you send, a, you send a, a packet, you send a message, uh, it gets sent to a Tor server, but that Tor server, that Tor node, doesn't know the destination. It knows where it came from, but it doesn't actually know the destination. It sends it to some other Tor node, Well, that Tor node knows that it needs to send it one more time, (laughs) but it doesn't know the original computer. It only knows the computer that it came from. It only knows that previous node and that previous node knows who you were, but it doesn't know where it's going. Finally, it sends it to the last node. And that last node knows where on the internet it needs to get the information but it doesn't have any idea about where it came from. So it gathers the information and then it sends it back to the second node. And the second node sends it back to the first node and the first node sends it back to you. So it's very secure and very uh, anonymous, but there's a caveat. If you're trying to get that full privacy, you, you need to use a web browser that doesn't accept trackers or any of that stuff and doesn't do, and doesn't, isn't susceptible to browser fingerprinting or any of that, that junk. So, um, but it just so happens that Tor bundles all that stuff together in something it calls the Tor Onion Browser, which is a web browser. It's a modified Firefox web browser that does all this stuff that makes Tor work and makes it really easy and anonymous. But even if you use Tor and even if you use the Tor Onion Browser, if you do something like log into Google or Facebook, you're trackable again. So remember (laughs) Tor is going to help you, but Tor, if you, if you do something that's, you know, like logging in, um, it's undermines that whole thing. So using Tor to browse the internet is very secure. Um, But, hey, you see how it's got all this extra, you know, this extra uh, routing that's going to make it much slower. And it is much slower. And there are some websites out there that actually block Tor completely. Uh, And I would be remiss if I didn't also mention the Tor Onion service. So in the previous slide, I talked about how you could use Tor to connect to the Internet. But actually, there's a way to use Tor without going to the regular internet and staying entirely within the Tor universe. And that's with something called Tor Onion Services, services that run entirely on Tor. And they bypass many of the problems of Tor, including some of the speed issues and some of the more esoteric privacy issues that um, I'm sure some of our more uh, geeky uh, participants are going to be thinking about. And they provide all of those they provide all the benefits and none or very, very few of the downsides. Uh, Tor Onion services use something that looks like DNS, but are, use long and complicated dot .onion names. They're very cool, very powerful. And if you're a techie looking to make a private site, I highly suggest that you put up a dot .onion site. That is the best way to protect um, your users. So practical steps. What are some practical steps that you, a regular person, can take to protect your privacy? This is the part that everybody really wants. Now, all that other stuff is just my, uh, my bloviation before we get to the, hey, what do I actually have to do? So, first thing you can do is just be careful. I cannot emphasize enough how important just being careful online is. Um, for example, we just talked about Tor but if you log into Facebook, you've undone that hard work. In a previous webinar, we talked about compartmentalization, and that's really crucial here. Um, Don't use things that spy on you, or if you do, compartmentalize those things that spy on you so that they can't spy on everything. If you're not using a web-based application, but are using apps on your phone or desktop applications, You know, you need to check that app's permission on your phone or your firewall settings on your computer. And maybe we should just do a full seminar just on settings like privacy settings and private firewalls and all that kind of jazz. But um, the first step is gonna be just being careful. The next step is uh, using Firefox or on Google Chromium if you need Chrome. I'm gonna make this easy about browsers. I'm just gonna say use Firefox. It's really that simple in my mind. Um, unlike other web browsers, Firefox isn't connected with a company like Google. It, uh, it doesn't uh, have those same uh, financial dependencies and it has a lot of anti-tracking technology already baked into it. Now, if you need Chromium because an application, a website that you use needs Chrome, my recommendation is for you to use ungoogled Chromium, and that's the name you need to remember. Ungoogled Chromium, and that's not to be confused with regular Chromium. And regular Chromium is uh, is an, sort of an unbranded Chrome, the Chrome web browser by uh, Google. And ungoogled Chromium is Chromium but with all of the Google telemetry taken out. And telemetry is, again, just a, a fancy word for Google tracks what you do, or, you know, whoever tracks what you do. So every time you use a, uh, you go to a website in uh, Chrome, Google can know where you've been. Now, whether they actually check, I I don't know, but that is part of the quote unquote telemetry. The next Best line in defense is to install some privacy plugins, uh, such as, and I've mentioned these before, but I'm going to keep mentioning them Privacy Badger. That's one of my favorites. It's by the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Another one is HTTPS Everywhere. Uh, that's also by the Electronic Frontier Foundation. And UBlock Origin. Now, UBlock Origin is an ad blocker, but the funny thing is that here we are and so much surveillance tech so much surveillance capitalism is built into the advertising system you know i personally don't have an issue with someone serving me visual ads like you know ads in a newspaper ads in a magazine the issue is that these ads spy on you and so if you want your privacy install an ad blocker like ublock origin And we've talked about compartmentalization in the past. And I'll reiterate that if you're um, concerned about this stuff, you should be using multi-account containers. It's a plugin. It lets you compartmentalize your browsing. Now, I will also say that Firefox is implementing some new technology in their uh, latest and greatest bleeding edge uh, web browsers that will do a lot of this and and do more than this. But for right now, this is still very sound advice. You know, installing these privacy plugins is a great first step. So what else can you do? You can consider changing your DNS provider. Now, this is not something that I expect everyone to do. I know that there's a lot of geeks who listen to this and who are participating. Um, If you know how to do this, I think it's a good idea for you to change your DNS provider. It will... Obviously, you know your your ISP will still be able to look at your traffic, but at least they won't be able to look up your DNS requests. So here are some some DNS providers that I think are worth checking out. Uh, OpenNIC, Quad nine DNS, DNS Watch, and Open DNS. Um, also again, this is this is mostly for the the super geeks. Um, if you're changing your DNS server, you might want to also look at something called DNS over HTTPS or DOE. Um, DNS over HTTP adds some additional security and privacy benefits uh, over standard uh, DNS. So what else can you do? <laughs> well, use a VPN, right? Isn't that why you're, you're here in the first place, right? So yes, yes, use a VPN. Um, selecting a VPN service isn't easy. Uh, at least it's not easy for me. When you select a VPN, they become your de facto ISP. So you've just moved that trust from your regular ISP now to this uh, VPN service. So you need to trust them just as much as you would trust your ISP. So there are four companies, um, big, ISP, uh, big VPN providers, NordVPN, ExpressVPN, CyberGhost, and Surfshark and they all boast really good privacy policies. I am not a spokesman for any of these companies. I am not paid by any of these companies. They are my selection based entirely on what I've read about them and their online reputations. People ask what VPN provider do I recommend? Yeah, Proto VPN as well. Uh, these are some good VPN providers that I think are worth looking at. Uh, so NordVPN, ExpressVPN, CyberGhost, Surfshark, and I'll also add ProtoVPN. So last thing, well, not the last thing, but another thing you can do is use Tor, right? I've talked about Tor, I'm a big fan of Tor. It is much slower than the other internet experiences you're gonna have, including a VPN. Um, But it is so much safer in terms of privacy. And if you can, when you're using Tor, use .onion services instead of the regular internet. And in fact, DuckDuckGo, a popular privacy conscious, or I uh, privacy conscious um, search engine, has a .onion site. So you can search uh, DuckDuckGo without having to go to their regular website. So please go download the Tor browser um, and then you can start surfing. Or if you wanna run other things, you can just use the Tor client And you can run other things over tour and you can start using that today. So let's talk about how, let's finish this up by talking about how you can step it up, step up your privacy game. And if you're already doing one of these things, then that's great. It's an opportunity to bump it up to the next level. And if you're just starting out, then this is a great roadmap on where you can, you can take yourself where you can go. So start by being careful. Think about where you log in and how you log in. Think about the websites that you're using, the apps that you're using, just think about that be a little more conscious of it okay. next, get a more secure browser right um, if you're not already using Firefox, I'm just gonna say use Firefox you know that's it's just that easy um I'm I mean we'll do we'll do an episode I guess on on web browsers, but um, I can already tell you that it's it's gonna end with me saying Firefox so uh Is it possible to add, well, we'll talk about the questions later. Um, So uh, next use privacy plugins. Um, I've talked about them, you know, use them. So I'll go back to to mention what they are. Uh, They were privacy badger, um, HTTPS everywhere you block origin and multi-account containers. Consider a VPN. Uh, I think that if you have come to this webinar or you're listening to this webinar, you've already considered using a VPN. So if you're not already using a VPN, go ahead, sign up for a VPN. Right? <laughs> That's, you know, NordVPN, ExpressVPN, Proto, uh, ProtonVPN, Surfshark. Right? One of those or another one. Those are just some ones that you should be checking out. Right? Those are just some easy. Check out these. I think they're. I think they're worth looking at. If you're a little bit technical, consider changing your DNS server. <laughs> um, I don't expect most people to do that, but it's certainly something you can do. Use Tor. I cannot emphasize using Tor enough. Use Tor. <laughs> and with that, let's we're going to have a break. I think I'm actually going to be doing the uh, the word from our sponsor today, uh, but we will do questions after that. Is uh, Ryan? Am I doing? the word from our sponsor today or are you doing it?
0: Vera, I saw that uh Nookie dropped in like a um you know the text for you so if you have it together you can I for
1: do it. but I, I'm I'm going to I'm gonna go crazy. I'm gonna go crazy off script and uh and if if you hate what I have done, we I will I will re-record okay. the uh my spiel and I will, and I will read it just as it was prepared. But I think, I think I can, I think I can, uh, deliver to you a, a, uh, a message, an advertising message that will convey how I really feel, which is that everybody who's, uh, in on this webinar, and there are about 40 people and everyone who's listening to this is getting something out of dating kinky. You probably already identify as kinky, and the thing is about kinksters. At least, most of the kinksters I know is that we're geeks, right? We're sometimes we're geeks about sex, or we're geeks about rope, or we're geeks about hypno, or we're geeks about you know, knives, or you know, we're geeks about uh, uh, you know, so many things. Wax. Oh, we're, we're just we're just geeks, and we love nerdy stuff, and we love education. And think about how much amazing education you get, how much free education you get from Dating Kinky. And if you're not already a a Dating Kinky Plus member, you can get even more awesome kinky education. And I mean, how great is that? More kinky, awesome, more awesome kinky dating education, uh, dating kinky educational material, right? If we're talking about videos, we're talking about, books. We're talking about, you know, new skills, whether those are, you know, topping skills, bottoming skills, whether they're skills about cuckolding, um, polyamory, whether they're skills about rope. Think about all the different ways you could be learning more and living a more fulfilling kinky life if you just had access to more educational material. And... (laughs) you know of course dating kinky is also by the way a dating platform so all of this so all of this amazing stuff that you can have access to for what is it 10 dollars a month Ryan it's
0: 5 dollars a month for a very limited time and how limited like we are we are waiting for our payment processor to update you know so we can uh because our as Nookie likes to say her CFO is like you know champing at the bit and It's champing, by the way, for you people not champing, uh, champing at the bit to bring us into you know where we need to be, you know, to financial sustainability. So eventually, this is we'll be going up from five dollars to ten dollars, and by eventually, I mean like within the you know days, a week, etc. So, and I'm putting in the links now. This is the absolute best time to get in and lock in five dollars a month in perpetuity for as long as you're a member and all of the benefits we have and features we have coming down the pike.
1: And obviously, dating kinky wants to be locked in it 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 not only consents to but enthusiastically it consents to being locked into five dollars a month. but if you don't act now it'll be lo- you'll be you'll be locked into a higher price so that's a good reason, if nothing else, to lock in at that five dollars a month right now and become a dating kinky plus member so <laughs>
0: And uh, we have, and uh, yeah, I would just I would just add, uh, you know, for those of you in chat who are plus members, feel free feel free to uh, give a shout, and uh, you know, any additional commentary about how you're enjoying it would be uh, wonderful. So, the other thing, the other thing I wanted to add quickly is that um, we're also providing a brand new community atmosphere too. You know, so we have the dating side, we have the education side, and we're also coming. Forward with a like community platform where you know members can join like a lounge and and chit chat with each other you know in an environment where you know in a, in a kind of a controlled environment and you know meet in like a kind of a a small group, or then split off to like have a one-on-one conversation, and we have these tables. You know, uh, kind of the groups of these tables are they're, they're all kind of like little zooms for you know those of you who are living quarantine. You know, you're spending probably spending a lot of time on Zoom, whether it's at work or whether it's socializing. And so our platform kind of you know has a bunch of different uh, environments where maybe we can start uh, grouping them by niche interest or by locality or more of like a random group or you know so and so is leading a discussion that sort of thing so and i'm actually i have one of my uh, teammates posting in we're going to be opening uh eventually it's going to be a 24 7 365 platform we're going to be uh opening it up at ran uh at various times in the interim while was, we're still kind of testing it out and we're going to have an event next friday and by the time we wrap up this conversation i will have the link to that event for the FetLife users and i will Put that in chat, uh, but we can go to uh, Q and A in the meantime. Yeah, and, uh, I while, while I come up with that,
1: I've tried the you know I was beta testing uh, with Diddy Kinky this this new um, I don't even know what to call it right, but this new way of interacting online. I think it looks really exciting, and um, I think we'll have more privacy things and more just general things. I think it'll be a really nice way for presenters to connect with community for community to self-organize mm-hmm. it's, it's really exciting
0: yeah i, I kind of liken it to um you know people have been to conventions you know whether it's a, a work convention or maybe some kind of non-vanilla type of convention you know most people in here have been to at least one type a or type b probably at some point and this kind of takes a convention space and brings it to virtual, where there's like you arrive, there's a lobby, and then there's an, like an auditorium space that's kind of like where we are now. is more of like an auditorium space where there's a presentation going on, and then there's an audience, and then we have a lounge area, which is what I was referring to earlier, where you know the actual participants can all mingle with each other directly, and then there's a uh, what I call like a merchant or vendor space where you know people who are have uh, you know wares or books or talks can uh, you know, kind of billboard themselves and advertise and also maybe announce like, Hey, uh, this is so-and-so check me out at my link here, but I'll also be back in three weeks for a chat on X. So yeah, it, it kind of recreates that, that convention space uh, online. Anyway, we can, that's uh, we can table all that for now. Like I said, I'll have the link to our next one of those events coming up in minutes, but in the meantime, we'll go to Q and a and I have them. Most of the written down. I'll catch that. any that happened in the last five minutes. I will catch. But uh, first question is from JNL, and he says, um, "Okay, this one might have been addressed, but it's just it, let me know if it was. Uh, are browsers built-in VPNs any good? Opera comes with one. I think Firefox might too." Uh,
1: so I don't know as much about Opera's Firefox is. Uh, it's so they're not built in. They're they're kind of sponsored. Um, so, v- I forget who Firefox is. Uh, who they who they've partnered with? Sorry, So, there, so Firefox is is run by a nonprofit entity, and what they did was they partnered with a VPN company uh, that they trust to uh, essentially they'll sell VPN services, and um, then the Firefox organization gets a cut of it. Here's what I will say if you find a free VPN app online, do not use it. <laughs> just, just if you find a free VPN app or a super, super, super cheap one, like $5 lifetime VPN, those are scams. I'm just going to tell you they're scams. And in fact, uh, there have been people that have studied some of those and found that they route all your data through China, for example, or, or other countries that may be a little bit less privacy uh, conscious. Uh, I do trust the Mozilla Corporation, but I have not looked at their their offering, but I, I trust them as uh, an entity that I think is um, at least trustworthy, and I would probably uh, look at that.
0: Gotcha. Okay, uh, next question is from AP who asked, um, what about websites that say VPNs are not compatible, or allowed, or will not work properly on the site?
1: Um, you know, I see a lot of. Well, look, there there might be some technical reason, but I can't imagine that that a real VPN, so not a not a proxy, but a real VPN, would be something that would quote unquote make it not work. It might make it work slower, but there's no reason that that shouldn't work. Um, I see a lot of websites that say, "Hey, if you've got an ad blocker, then this website won't work properly." Well, that's just a nice way of, or maybe not so it's not so nice. It's a it's a way of saying, "Please don't use an ad blocker on this site." Um, so you know, I I would say give it a try and see if it works, rather than believing them that it doesn't work. And. Uh...
0: And me, me actually responded to that in chat and said, most sites do work with proper VPNs, uh, parenthetical, reliable companies. The very few that don't, you have the choice whether to turn off VPN or browse those sites or choose not to. So I kind of thought telling with what, what you're saying. Uh, OK, so let's go on to the next question. Uh, WTF asks, does logging into FetLife create the same problem? Uh, and I think we're uh, and you're not adding like that's what you described where logging in trips all the wires you're referring to.
1: Yeah. So so my experience, look, we can't anything I say, of course, is liable to be out of date, especially, you know, well, even when I'm saying it, but especially if somebody's listening a year or five years in the future, they're gonna say, But Veer, you said this in January of twenty twenty-one. Um, my understanding is that Um, FetLife in particular, their, their ads and their ad uh, technology does not have the same spying that a company like Google's or Facebook do. Um, and I know that's something that we've discussed in the past and Nookie, um, the owner, founder and owner of Dating Kinky takes very seriously about Dating Kinky as well. It is possible to run a, an advertising system for your website that doesn't destroy privacy. And I think, I think FetLife does uh, an okay job. And so, so they're a good example. So yeah, log into FetLife. Um, but maybe, maybe put a container around it, right? There's no harm in putting a a container around a website. Um, it's just another layer of protection, right?
0: Well, yeah, it's, it's prophylactic.
1: What did, uh, I was discussing this earlier and, uh, you know, I might, I might say, what is it, rope and straps, right? So instead of belt and suspenders, rope and straps. Okay, next question.
0: Uh, sure, so, all right, AP again asks, uh, is it possible to add Proton VPN to slides before they're loaded onto the website?
1: uh well they were re- they're already loaded onto the website so are you, are, do you mean do you, if, if I'm, you, not, I'm
0: not sure if i understood that question
1: uh, yeah i don't really understand the question okay
0: Maybe. okay uh, ap if you want to clarify then we'll come back to that uh all right wtfs i um, okay actually she's typing now she's <laughs> I, I figured she's active listening so i'll give her a couple of seconds that this recording is loaded onto it. Oh, no,
1: because the recording is just literally the webinar as you're seeing it. But anyone who's seeing it is probably hearing it and then they're gonna hear me talking about Proton.
0: Okay. Uh, WTF asks, uh, I saw something about compartmentalizing one browser for logins, one for browsing, would you recommend instead one for kink and one for vanilla?
1: I think that's generally a, like, if you can, if you can do that, that's a really great idea. Um, I know someone who does that and they're awesome. Uh, I am a little lazy and instead I use um, Firefox's multi containers, multi-account containers. And that's, it gives 90% of the protections but hey if, if you want to have one browser just like you want to use ungoogled chromium for one thing and firefox for another like oh yeah that's that's like the best you can do
0: and i, I think where you, sometimes you see that um kind of that separation of church and state in particular is people who you know, have the means but they, they have like two phones you know where it's like they have their vanilla phone and they have their king phone although i, I think That is just as much for, I think, their own sanity of, like, uh, you know, not notifying the wrong person or clicking, you know, making a a misclick, you know, like kind of a personal risk management versus a privacy risk management
1: situation. And we we talked a lot about that in the previous episode on phones. Mm -hmm. So if you're really interested in a a, a kind of a more in-depth conversation about compartmentalization, that phone episode uh, really goes into that, I think, in a in a nice way. Um, and if not, if you, if you think, if you listen to that episode or you or you were attended that, and you think, no, you didn't go into enough detail, then uh, drop me a line, and I will think about that for a future episode. Of future,
0: of well, over. and yeah. and uh, we got good feedback, by the way, on the uh, the idea to do an episode on privacy settings and firewalls, for example. Cool.
1: Okay, that sounds uh, that sounds fun, actually. So that's the kind, so that's the kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to go off on a small tangent that that might be more interesting as a, um, when, when the new platform is up, not necessarily as a whole episode, but maybe as a workshop, I think that's something that we can talk about offline and uh, it, it might be a more fitting thing as opposed to just me putting up a bunch of slides of us just kind of working through it together. I think that might be fun.
0: Sure. Yeah. And yeah. And then that, that platform will, allow us to some more some different mediums to play with and some different ways of interactivity and and you know to your point like it's kind of the serving like not every topic is like one entire webinar serving size so you know we will you know kind of uh, put our heads together and uh and put it in its best uh medium okay uh next question can you discuss the typical pricing for adding these types of products and services for privacy and security?
1: Uh, so all the, all the plugins that I mentioned are free. Um, Firefox is free and free and open source. Um, also the, the plugins that I mentioned, I believe are all open source as well. Um, so then the only thing that would cost you something would be the VPN itself. Um, and that is around 10 to 15 US dollars a month, in my experience. Okay.
0: Um, Bernie asks, does using Apple computer, I guess on balance, give you more protection just in and of itself?
1: Um, so if we're talking about, um the phones we we talked a lot about I, I'm, I'm not trying to dodge the question right but no, uh no. in the mobile episode the mobile phone episode we just did like last month mm-hmm. we, we uh we covered that in a lot of depth so i'm gonna punt to myself um if we're talking about apple computer uh, i'm gonna say no just just no, there's no, there's no significant difference. And I know some people are going to disagree with me. I'm going to say there's no significant difference between the two. Um, I do think that there's a more uh, nuanced discussion or debate around mobile devices. And again, we, we talked about that in the previous um, episode.
0: I'll put the link in uh, to the previous episode uh, in chat in a minute, because like, like I mentioned in chat, uh, Veer's entire series of episodes are freely available to on-demand, whether you're a Plus member or not. That's a decision Nookie and I have made with um, his series. And then also uh, some of the like COVID quarantine related episodes we've had. And I think also on areas of like sexual health and you know, for instance, like STDs, things like that. We're gonna make those episodes freely available because you know the, it's just the urgency is there to educate on those topics. You know, obviously, we are very proud of our other episodes, too, but they're, they're going to be behind the Plus member paywall as far as on-demand uh, viewing is
1: concerned. If so that's I the w- content, right? The naughty content. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're, just,
0: we're just the, yeah, the naughty content or the, uh, you know, kind of the kink and skill content. Yeah, that's, you know, kind of the add-on type, you know, the add-on type stuff. Uh, yes, they will be the, the, the uh, Plus library uh, version. Okay. Uh, so... Paradox asked this, and I think we all kind of already covered this. He asked, "How does how is or they asked, how does FetLife different from Facebook?" And I asked, like, uh, and I bet uh, maybe just in like the the privacy issue. I think he did add like a clarifying comments. I uh, was saying, uh, I'm just scrolling up. I missed it. Is it a mistake of which one you use? I, I, I'm not sure.
1: I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't, I, I mean, look, maybe you just go to the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I, difference. I mean, look, they're, they're different in a lot of ways um, both as social networks and in their philosophy. Um, look, do I, do I trust FetLife entirely? No, I, I don't. I, I, I wish we had more options in terms of kinky social networks, but um, FetLife doesn't, try to capture everything about you on every website you go to. They don't put, um, you know, they're not, they're not trying to capture your purchase history. Your real. They're not forcing you to use your real name, you know, your wallet name. Um, they're just, they're just very different. Look, um, I'm I'm not, I'm not the spokesman for FetLife. I think there are lots of issues with FetLife. I've been very critical of FetLife in the past, but, you know, they're, they're not on the same level as Facebook. Let's, you know, let's not also uh,
0: referring back to something we were talking about before the show, you know, Life does not have like associated, uh, you know, own associated products and then like are forcing you to then share your information across them. Like Facebook's now doing with WhatsApp, but they, which they also, own, which is going, they're going to be, that's going to be instituted in February. This is something we talked about before the before we yeah, started
1: right, taping right. where and, and same thing with their oculus product right so so if you want to use their their VR, you have to log into Facebook if you want to use whatsapp uh, you have to log you know they're sharing that with facebook and and the reason that whatsapp is so scary and it's going a small rant here is that a lot of um, government stuff is done on whatsapp um, less in the United States and more in Europe a lot of things are done on whatsapp and a lot of payments are done on whatsapp so mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as I know, uh, FetLife is not planning on their own currency. Um, and, uh, you know, so so I, I, don't know. I, I think they're less dangerous only because they're they're Well, one because they're smaller and B because they have a, at least at this point for privacy, a pretty decent reputation.
0: And I did find that, um, the prior episode of, uh, beer's you know the series keeping secrets uh, on utilizing a second phone. I just put that link in chat, so that should be available to everyone. And me did a nice plug of the privacy conscious Kingsters uh, Fat Life Group, and that's the one you run, right, Beer?
1: Yep. Uh, well, uh, me and, and, you, and you uh, a couple of other people, yeah, who okay. also run it. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great group to ask questions. I'm I'm seeing more questions from other people that aren't uh, sort of the usual suspects. So I'm really glad to see that this is slowly taking off and we're seeing some robust discussion on things like, um, on things like legal, uh, legal matters, laws that are being passed. We're seeing discussions on, on WhatsApp and Facebook and just lots of, lots of different topics for people that are, they're interested in this stuff.
0: All right, so the last question I have for now, I might have to scroll up a bit, is uh, from AP. Says, have we in this, I guess in this series, addressed uh, email providers yet, specifically?
1: We have not, and it's a complicated topic. Um, I'm I'm gonna rant a little bit about this, just a tiny, tiny bit. Um, So I think it is possible to do secure email up to a point. But I will also tell you that uh, I'm blanking on the name. There was an email provider. I think they operated in the United States and they were approached by the government to divulge information on one of their, um, their users. And they, take privacy. they took privacy very seriously and they had to shut down the website um, in order to not hand over that information. Uh, It is my opinion that it is nearly impossible to do a really secure uh, email provider. With that said, I think there are ways of doing secure email that don't rely on the provider. And I think that if you're looking for a good email provider, ProtonMail is probably your best, easiest bet. There are more complicated technologies that you can use, but I'm just going to say ProtonMail are they're kind of the, the, uh, the, I guess the Honda or the Toyota of you just want a simple, easy to use, um, inexpensive, relatively good email provider. I, uh, yes, they were a Bit. Thank you. Thank you. Freeman, uh, 1929. Um, that was the, the provider, uh, the email provider that got shut down. So, um, I believe at least, uh, so you know if you're looking for a simple answer i think there's your simple answer i don't have to do an hour on it
0: <laughs> yeah that's i think that's that's the serving size i'm saying like you know well as as we get 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 these suggestions in we will kind of review them and figure out like you know how much time like each you know each one kind of warrants and then figure out how they would be then implemented into Potential future programming. All right, uh, I think that's all of the questions I have at the moment. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to run through uh, some of our upcoming events, and we still have time for more questions. So I'll give everyone kind of a uh, like a last round of um, you know to if they come up with anything, um, and then uh, we'll start to wind down. So uh, we have. Oh, so what, first thing I should uh, mention is the. Next episode of Keeping Secrets with Veer is, these are always on the first Thursday. And I put, and just as I say that, I put Tuesday there. So it's, it's the, that's, thir- it should be Thursday, February 4th. I, I can edit that, uh, live uh, live radio. Uh, okay, so yeah, Thursday, February 4th, and it's gonna be, AP, I have your question, and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, and that's going to be on securing your accounts. It'll be the same start time, uh, eight PM Eastern Time, and th- there's the link in chat. So uh, feel free to go ahead and RSVP to that if you're a FetLife person, and let me put in the events, the general events link if you're not a FetLife person, because there's also an opportunity to sign up for reminders there as well. There it is, datingkinky.com/events. So then, uh, so that's that covers that's that's the next uh, one of those, and then we have one more event this week uh, on Friday we have the monthly episode of Femdom Friday and our regular host of, uh, 2020 Natalie sat slash D 20. She is taking uh, a bit of a sabbatical for some vanilla work opportunities. So we are going to be doing the guest host routes, uh, you know, for you old, you know, tonight show fans, you know, Joan rivers, David Letterman, you know, all, all the heavy hitters, you know, coming in here. That's like a 30 year old reference. So pardon me. Um, but uh, we have a great uh, guest presenter tomorrow. Uh, her name is Mr. Shari. She's a uh, pro dom out of the uh, Northeast region. I actually have the pleasure to just say I actually have met her in person at a uh, at a munch and she's a terrific conversation and a a real character. And she's going to be doing a presentation on she calls the accidental dom, which I think is kind of a um kind of like a primer for you know, if your partner says like, Hey, I'm interested in you kind of taking the reins, you know, you know, like this person who is, you know, has no kind of little or had no thoughts about, you know, DS at that point, like how would they even like think about getting into it? You know, or people who are maybe you now familiar with it, but don't know how to really kind of put on the, you know, kind of the, the, the suit of armor, so to speak. So, um, we will be, uh, she'll be presenting that tomorrow and she's actually doing, uh, whole bunch of presentation stuff with in the future uh, as we get into 2021. So it'd be a perfect kind of introduction of her to our audience and vice versa. So that's coming up tomorrow. And then as promised, I have my social event link for, so a week from tomorrow, Friday on the 15th, we will have uh, our social events uh, where it, it'll again, it'll be people kind of you know gathering in like kind of a Zoom type environment where they can turn on their audio and chat. They can just turn on or their video and chat. They can just turn on their audio, leave video, you know, so whatever people's level of privacy is. There's also opportunities to just text chat. But uh, you know, it'd be like kind of in kind of like a Zoom-like environment with not the privacy issues of Zoom, <laughs> <laughs> as Veer and Nuki uh, are <laughs> very adamant about. We 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 will never be doing Zoom stuff because of their their very low bar of privacy uh but that will be that gathering will be starting i think we're going to be starting like 3 p.m eastern like on next friday and then going like well into the night as long as people are using it and having fun i think nookie will be there for the early shift i'll be there not too long after her but i'll be you know kind of riding the the late shift and then we'll just go um deep in the night i tried before and if it didn't work what what happens again you're talking if you're talking about the platform uh send me an email here and we can talk about that offline um yeah i'll try to help you uh troubleshoot um also i'll, I'll put a link to our fat life group so if you're on fat you can also match this there with any troubleshooting so what else we have coming up so i'm gonna put i'm gonna put in some other miscellaneous events uh coming up next monday so that's four days from now we have a fireplay demo happening here on the webinar so <laughs> mm. uh that's part of our our uh, boundaries and consent webinar uh, called my body my soul and about a couple other phrases that's a long title um but uh, i think it's you know it's going to be kind of like the boundary consent of like uh negotiating a scene and then actually executing a scene and then the host hardy i think is gonna be the bottom for the scene and then his guest i think goes by miss michelle is going to be the top administering a fireplace scene so uh, you, uh you know it'd be fun certainly in the time of quarantine it'd be kind of great to see (laughs) some people having some fun activities going on. So feel free to check that out. Uh, that's next Monday. And I put in, uh, Nookie's going to be doing some presenting this year by popular demand. She's been, had a lot of requests to do more presenting this year. So she's going to be doing about one per month. And the first one she will be doing on January 28th. So two, three weeks from tonight will be on the subject of dirty talk. So, uh, you know, bring mm-hmm. your, bring your, uh, vocabulary and your, uh, I guess <laughs> your open mind and, and, you know, and, yeah, and your lascivious, lascivious, can I pronounce that right the third time. And then, uh, so we'll be covering that at the end of January. And then the, the other one, this is the one I really want everybody to check out. Um, and let me put the the non Life link in there too. We're going to be having a, oh, it is in there. We're having our first big blow weekend blow out of the year on, um, uh all on subjects of you know love dating relationships and this was also by popular man where we for our blowouts last year where we just kind of take over the whole weekend with like lots of classes and things like that they were very kind of like subject matter oriented as far as like kind of learning topics like uh, or you know skill topics i think we did one on uh all about types of non-monogamy and we did one on consent and boundaries and negotiation but they, they were kind of there was a demand for people like, can we do something on like the kind of dating connecting side? So that this weekend is going to be all geared towards uh, those topics. We're going to have classes and we're going to have like mixers and speed dating and things like that too. Again, with the new platform incorporated. So this social next Friday would be a great chance to kind of get acclimated to that platform. So then you can really take advantage of it with our event coming up uh, Valentine's day weekend. So it'll be the Friday, the 12th through Sunday, the 14th. So um yeah be sure to check that out and then uh uh grawell thank you for putting up the link to yeah that's um that is beer's uh archives for his latest series here which we're in the third episode of now and i put in he had a prior mini series that i also put the link in that was the the protecting your kink identity and i think i'm i'm my spiel is winding down so uh, the other thing is if you, <laughs> yes, AP, head over heels. Yeah, I, oh, and AP, you have a question. We'll one, we'll do one question, I think, as we wrap up. AP, who I always tease her about this because she declared it one night. She is a, um, she calls herself, a, among her other hats, a foot goddess. And so we're doing, we have a monthly foot fetish webinar called Head Over her Heels. And I'm looking for the link. And she's going to be part of a discussion on the topic of sploshing. So I think that's when you combine like, you know, food and foot fetish. So uh, her and uh, Nookie is part of that one uh, as far as a moderator. And then the host, Lady Lee, will be uh, discussing that. And that one is next Wednesday. So a week from yesterday, that'll be, what's today? Today's the 7th. So that'll be the January 13th at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's exciting. So, Yep, lots of stuff going on as usual, Uh, and uh, yeah, let's get on. We'll only tackle AP's question, then we'll get out of here. So AP, AP's last question was: um, if you have Proton and someone else has Gmail, how do you do the privacy thing?
1: You know, let's um, you know, let's you and I, Ryan, talk about maybe we should maybe we should have a uh a whole a discussion about whether we should do an email uh an, an email topic okay. uh so I guess that's just a mean way of saying well is that is that is that tease or is that tease and denial well, um, well not, it's, we're it's, not gonna it's, cover email uh tonight
0: well i would say it's not that's not denial it's an, it's what what's the like one step short of tease and denial it's a tease and delay you know, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so <laughs> It's it's a news tease and delay. That's like the before and afters, where it's like news tease is a phrase, tease and delay is a phrase. So we're yes, AP, Apologies, you know, we're doing a, a news tease and delay for that, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, I think I think it, it seems like you know, based on the commentary, like you know, there's some interesting email talks. So I think we'll put our heads together and figure out like what's the best like output for that topic, whether it's like a whole show, whether it's like more of a segment on a show, whether it's something more interactive, and then I think we'll you know put our heads together and then sure. come back.
1: I, think it's, I, I was going to say it's a tricky, it's a really tricky topic because um, the technologies that have existed to do email securely, when and, and, and privacy in email, um, and for for the geeks listening, I'm I'm talking about PGP, right? PGP is really hard and really hard to use. There are easier technologies that exist now, um, and I know that, and then I know that Proton has its own thing. It's, it's just overall complicated. I'm going to give you a really quick answer, though, because I don't – because you didn't consent to the tease and delay. Um, <laughs> and that answer is that my understanding – and I, I actually don't use Proton now uh, – is that if you have a, an out-of-band uh, user, so somebody on Gmail, basically my understanding is that they can get an inc- a link that they can open up and that they can get that message securely, but it's not – exactly sent to them so uh it, it but that's my understanding without actually having looked into this so uh take that with a huge uh grain of salt and i oh, will look uh, into it it's, yeah
0: uh just quick i uh let's uh i'll give uh beer a uh, round of applause for another uh terrific uh presentation
1: thank everyone for coming i really yes. Uh, it, it it really encourages me when um, I see so many uh, interested people and so much interaction, and I see that people are interacting during uh, the the presentation. And I'm sorry I don't I don't read it, but if I did, I would get really distracted. So I want to thank everyone for coming uh, out tonight and for participating. You all uh, make this worthwhile. So thank you all.
0: Okay, Have so I'm going to I'm going to hit stop on the recording and then we'll be in the posts.